everybody welcome to lost boys podcast episode 13 today's podcast was a humbling one today we talked about ego having humility in relationships and being more interested in others we love you guys and we hope you enjoy yeah it's stopping that bitterness before it takes root that, that, Huge. Yeah, that's that's why the Bible refers to bitterness as a root. Is mm. because it, it just gets a little seed in there, and then it starts to grow and grow and yeah. grow and grow. It's like weeds, bro. Yeah, dangerous. Let's hit us with a question, and then, I love it. Um, and then I got some thoughts. Yes, I want to hear them. Question is this, by the way, guys, send your questions over to lostboysquestions at gmail.com or hit us up on the Instagram DMs. Slide in the DM. Ask us a question. Slide in. Okay, here's a question. How should a man check his ego? Mm. How should a man check his Pause, ego? What are your thoughts, bro? So in regards to what you were saying uh, about relationships, mm. and you can have 10 people in a room saying, man, you messed up when you said that, and some people wouldn't be willing to admit it. There'd be plenty of time. There's a part of me that wouldn't want to admit it, mm. right? I think oftentimes what happens in a disagreement is it, it actually turns into a dominance dispute. Mm. Here's what I mean. Um, Okay. I was talking to Olivia about uh, Genesis. You know, some people interpret Genesis as like literal or some people interpret Genesis as kind of a metaphor mm-hmm. or, or a story with a number of metaphors in it. Or some people believe it's a, it's a little bit of both, right? Did we evolve from monkeys? Did we, you know, <laughs> or did God make everything just like that? Or was yeah, it, you yeah. know, did it take him six days, seven days? Or what's the deal? How did it all work? I don't know how it all works. But in evolutionary psychology, hmm what they have shown is that there are a number of mechanisms in your brain that we share with, with many different organisms all the way back down to lobsters. So this is something that Jordan Peterson yes, talks about a lot. This is yes. why Jordan, people meme on Jordan Peterson with the lobsters, but he's actually onto something very, really very profound. Lobsters, if they win a fight, mm. right? They're serotonergic. So serotonin, the same thing that you get when you go to the gym, lobsters get when they win a fight. Insane. It makes them feel satisfied. It makes them feel fulfilled. And it, well, yeah, <laughs> to, whatever, to whatever degree you can, you can measure that. If, it, you know, if a lobster wins a fight, his posture improves. He mm. walks around like he's the man. If a lobster loses a fight, he, 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 he loses that dominance dispute. Now he feels like a loser. He gets all hunched over. He looks all sad. But the point of it is that th- those mechanisms in our brain are so deeply embedded Hmm. I don't know if we evolved from blinking monkeys. I, 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 I don't know. What, it, what Who knows? Yeah. I don't know how, all, how that all works. Nobody get after me for crying out loud. I, I don't know how it all works. <laughs> but, but the point is that those mechanisms are so deeply wired in there hmm. into your flesh, bro, that when you are having an argument, what it feels like is two lobsters hmm. that are fighting over dominance. And a lot of times what you see is people yelling at each other. They're screaming at each other. They don't even remember what they're arguing about. You ever had arguments like that? So true. You know, I've personally done a lot of, yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 Oftentimes, you know, you see couples arguing and they they don't even know what they're arguing about because it, 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 it is no longer a discussion about what the problem is. Now they're talking about the problem as if the problem is each other, because in reality, what this is, is a dominance dispute. They're trying to dominate each other. They're trying to yell louder yeah, really than the other person. Up, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why you and I both made that promise to our significant others 
not gonna I'm, do I'm that. not going to scream at you. Done. Doesn't matter. Doesn't happen. Doesn't matter. Why? Because this is not a dominance dispute. We're yeah. not lobsters. We, we're not animals. <laughs> we're going to sit down. We're going to have an actual discussion about this. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think uh, an aspect of humility and leaving your ego at the door is having the self-control mm. to, I don't know if you do this, but rather than raising my voice when I get angry, I actually get quieter. And I found that it helps. You don't want to do it in an, antagon- in, in an antagonizing way, mm. you know, because you can do that as well, right? You can kind of shut yourself off yeah, and have, have a little bit of an attitude towards them. But no, in a humble, thoughtful way, you can think very seriously about what somebody, somebody's saying to you instead of raising your voice and allowing your ego and your passion yeah. And, and that serotonergic system, that lobster brain, yeah. you know, <laughs> that lobster brain <laughs> at the base of your spine that's just that just wants you to just blink and fight this person. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. often what happens. Instead, putting that to the side, taking a deep breath and considering the fact that this dispute, mm. this argument will go a lot, lot, lot better, spe- not only in the short term, but especially in the long term. If I have the humility to be quiet, yeah. to have some self-control, to have some patience and grace and humility, to, to speak with gentleness and respect. Huge. And I think, yeah, on that as well, breathe. The biggest thing I found is just breathe. Yes. Like finding breathing techniques, like you can look at anyone that's listening, you can look it up from like Tony Robbins, even for us. But it's so true because it's changing, you know, your physiology. And, yeah. and when you're in that state, you got you to gotta kind of think to yourself, even if you're with a friend or you're in your relationship, whatever it is, yeah. and, you, and your pride and ego are, are, are pulled up to the table. Mm. They're in the car with you. But you just got to make sure when you open that door, when you open up your mouth, you close it right behind you and you don't let those things out. Because I think the biggest thing is, is when you stay calm and I don't raise my tone, yeah. then no matter what, whoever's the first one to raise their tone, if you look at it, and if you're just talking to them like this and they're screaming at you, they look crazy, and they'll eventually realize what the heck. I, they'll he's match so your calm. tone. Yeah. They'll match your tone. Huge energy, bro. People, people will not scream at you if you're not screaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm speaking very, oh. very generally. I mean, if you got a crazy boss, they might yell at you for something because <laughs> they're angry. But just in general, like yeah, people look dumb if they're yelling at someone that's, that's, that is completely calm. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing with ego and with pride. It's it's something that will kill. It will destroy relationships like we've said before, and it will destroy your your happiness, your day-to-day joy because you're obviously going now you're following into the things of now pride, ego, okay, then comes, you know, jealousy, you know, self-righteousness, yeah. you thinking you're all, you know, the best thing since life spread. I would say one of the biggest things to help with all this if anyone's finding a problem with it is feel free to laugh at yourself sometimes. Like the most confident people are the ones that actually can take a joke against themselves and laugh at themselves a bit because like, Oh, that was kind of stupid, but they're not tearing themselves down. They're realizing it and they're laughing at themselves, but people with the pride and ego, Oh, they can't do it. And that's one of the easiest way to see how big someone's pride and ego is and see how they handle a conversation Mm. and see how much they're pointing and casting their insecurities on everyone else because of their pride and ego. They can't. Yes. And you see that very often. A lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, and once again, and I don't mean to be contentious talking about evolutionary psychology because I understand that there's plenty of Christians <laughs> that, would, that would, wouldn't like me talking about this. But, you know, but no matter what, we've evolved to some degree. You know, um, humans have gotten taller and faster and smarter. And, you know, um, 
So I don't know if we've changed species or whatever. I don't know if we came from monkeys. Nobody send me an email, okay? Just don't get mad at me. <laughs> but, but humor yeah. in evolutionary psychology, humor is an aspect of high status. 100%. Interesting, eh? It is. And actually, that's you know, what one, I heard this week. Well, one of the reasons why girls like guys that make them laugh, not only because it makes them feel good, but because a guy that can have, that can take a joke yeah. and can dish it out, that's a confident guy. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he knows himself, and yeah, that's a big thing. He knows thing himself. Too. He can he can relax. It's sad with the pride and ego. I think that's what it does too. It destroys that. It's like I'm trying to laugh or I'm trying to do this. It like completely just erases that from the table. Yes. Versus I'm gonna laugh at myself because I'm just you know what I mean. Who cares yeah. what people think of you? Yeah. And that's where you leave pride and ego at the yeah. door. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, you know, at the same time, people could take what you say and and antagonize because oh, there's huge. something yeah. very antagonizing about laughing at someone when they're trying to tell you something serious well yeah there's obviously you know? we got to be human and actually yeah you know yeah if we all are in grade two we understand where we're coming from in a sense yeah you know what i mean but yeah. obviously you're not mockery or making self mockery sure. of yourself but sure. you know what i mean yeah because it, yeah because it, it, it can be actually super prideful to somebody sitting you down and saying man this is something you said really bothered me and for you to laugh at them no it's terrible a, as if hey what you're saying is so ridiculous yeah. The, the the idea that I said something wrong is so ridiculous. It's yeah. a joke to me. Read the situation. You know, it's just you like man, read yeah, situation. you got to read the situation. But, 100%, I love but you're that absolutely though. right, man. Reading the situation. So I know, in like street evangelism. Okay. So I've done I've I've done quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit. When I was in Nicaragua, I did street evangelism for a year straight, every day, full time, just street evangelism, knocking on doors, talking to people, doing stuff like that. Right. Amazing. Um, I loved it. Street preaching, doing stuff like that. And then uh, over the consequent four years, um, went to different places like Mexico, Cuba, Panama, Venezuela, all over the place doing street preaching, which so I loved, cool. you know, and doing street work. And one thing I noticed is there, there are definitely different styles, different styles. <laughs> and so you got guys that go up to people <laughs> and they're like, Hey man, how's it going? Hey, listen, man, um, I'm from this church. And I, if you got like five minutes, I would love to tell you about something that's changed my life. And I'll tell you the gospel right there. Mm -hmm. And I just love that, man. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew a guy named Omar. He's like 78 now. Yeah, yeah. And he's this uh, Venezuelan guy. And I remember I used to walk I I around in Cuba with my grandpa and Omar. They grew up together. And uh, everywhere we went... We were like, where's Omar? We, we'd be walking down the street. Omar would be gone. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm just like, and we're trying to get a taxi, and, and, and we're getting in the taxi. We're like, geez, Omar's gone again. Where does this guy keep on going? And he would always be around the street corner, sitting down, talking to some kid on the street, and telling him about the gospel. Amazing, man. And wow. in Spanish, you can be a little more blunt than in English. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's a little less weird to just say things very, very straightforwardly. And so he would literally walk up to people and he'd be like, do you know the gospel? You know, do you know Jesus? Because I'm going to tell you about him. And, and just like that, boom. And he would start preaching the gospel to these guys. Crazy. Bold. Everywhere he went, every it. 10 minutes, every 10 minutes. And, and the reason why, and I remember yeah. one time we were in Cuba and we go up to this guy and the guy's like, you talked to me last year when you were here. No way. <laughs> yeah, you talked to me last year. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, bro. But, but you know what? His conviction came from, he was like, man, if I really actually believe in hell, hmm. I know hell is a prickly subject for a lot of people, but yeah. don't think of hell as like a, like, um, like, a, like a fireplace where God just kind of throws people and they just sit there burning, but they never actually burn up. Like, that's like... Th 
that kind of apocalyptic language in the Bible is is exactly that. It's apocalyptic. It's metaphorical. It's it's mm. it's a it's a genre of literature. It's describing what something is like. Hell isn't actually a fire. It's mm. not it's not actual like carbon, you know, burning up. That, yeah. That's not what it is. It's those are metaphors to describe what it's like to be judged. Mm. To be judged by God. And so one thing I do know about God, because he's the perfect judge, is that hell, the definition of hell is, this is the definition of hell, exactly what you deserve. Nothing more, because people think of hell as overkill, hmm. right? Uh, I, even the worst criminal, I wouldn't set him on fire. Yeah. So why would God send him? No, the, the, the fire thing. It, cool perspective. I've never yeah, heard yeah, this. yeah. No, no, no. It, yeah, it's not, it's not a torture chamber. Hmm. It, that's not what this is. Hell, the, the fire language is metaphorical and apocalyptic. Hell is exactly what you deserve, nothing more, nothing less. Interesting. Heaven is getting what you don't deserve. Hmm. That's grace. And you can take it or you can leave it. And one of the things that Omar really had a conviction about, he's just like, if I really believe that this is real, that hell is a real place where people actually get a precisely what they deserve from the most perfect judge in the whole universe, man, I should be telling people about this. So he would walk around telling people all the time. Insane. The reason why I shared that is because there were guys like him mm. who were very bold, straightforward, but very gentle, mm. very humble in their approach, very respectful. But there are other guys, you see them on YouTube, uh, street evangelists, who are a lot more abrasive. Yeah, you know, guys that have yesterday. studied their apologetics and yeah. they, they laugh at atheists as if the atheists are stupid. And maybe they are, but you shouldn't laugh at them as if they're stupid. In, uh, in 1 Peter 3, it says, you know, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you, right? So mm. number one, people should see a hope that's in you. Mm. Number two, you should be ready to talk about it at all times. That's like the classic street evangelist verse, right? Mm. Always be ready to have your apologetics arguments ready to go so that when people say, man, there's something different about you, you'd be like, yeah, man, that's because Jesus died for me and I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. God lives inside of me, man. That's, that's what you see inside me and always be ready to give that answer. But but here's the rest of the verse. <laughs> Always be to give, ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And mm. one of the things that always bugged me when I saw these evangelists, man, <laughs> was, that, was that in their arguments, mm. it would turn into two lobsters fighting over dominance, yeah, laughing so at each hard. other as if the other person's arguments were so dumb and so stupid that it was a joke. And I'm like, dude, they're the greatest evidence that you can give to someone hmm. that Jesus is Lord is your life. Yeah. And I think it's that's not an argument, bro. Pride and ego come out in the person. Yep. Yep. And so, exactly and so, and so no matter who you're talking to on the streets, when it comes to evangelism, yeah, man, you can have all, all your arguments in order and somebody's heart's going to be closed to that because the greatest evidence that you can give them is the change in your heart. It's your character. That's why it says gentleness and respect and hope is because people need to see all three of those things in you in an incredible, life-changing way. And they mm. need to go, man, there's something magnetic about that. I want that in my own life. Mm. It's not going to be the arguments. The arguments are just going to help. Those are supplementary. But the fundamental reason why people are going to change their hearts is because they're going to see that your heart has been changed. I love that. Yeah. Be an example. Walk by example. So humility. Yeah, is necessary. Hundred percent. Great point, and thank you for sharing <laughs> that, bro. I love that, and I, and I I know exactly what you're talking about. I actually saw one yesterday as I was just scrolling on Instagram there quickly. Okay, a guy was so abrasive. Like the other guy was Muslim. Okay, you believe him? Yeah, yeah. 
So he was Muslim and all that, and he was talking about like Allah and all that kind of thing. And sure. this other guy was just like this Christian guy was just like, like, sh- like crapping on him, man. Like Shoot. just shooting shots at him like the whole time. And I was like, man, this poor guy. Like he's at work and he's like, he says he doesn't <laughs> have much time to talk. And you're like, just going at this dude, and right. he's like trying to serve these people, and you're just going so at. Like I'm like, man, there's no respect there. Like this guy probably just wants to slap you, dude. Yeah. But it's a good thing is leaving pride and ego at the door. Another thing for a lot of people could be, and for myself was even at the gym when I first started ever working out, and I went to the gym. Every single time I walk to that gym, I, or walk into the gym, I leave the ego at the door. Why? There's always going to be another guy bigger than me. There's always going to be another guy lifting more weights than me. Yeah. Who cares? You're in there for you. Yep. And I think a gym is a great way to get uncomfortable and to stay uncomfortable consistently yes. with how you're pushing yourself. And, and I think it helps kill that pride and ego in you. It's like, who cares what anyone else looks like? I'm focused on myself and bettering from yesterday. Mm, mm, mm. What do you think yeah. of the idea? I, I, I wrote this down and I want to get your thoughts on it. So this yeah. is a thought that I'm I'm kind of wrestling with. To be humble, you must first be capable. Hmm. Here's the thought. Expand. Here's the thought. Expand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. Um, okay. You take a guy that uh, most women might not find very attractive. Mm. Okay? You can paint the picture in your head. Okay. And he says to you, well, you know what? As hard as it's been, I haven't slept with anyone and I'm saving myself through marriage. <laughs> and you think to yourself... Well, <laughs> there was no lineup, buddy. <laughs> but let's take a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman that tons of guys are hitting on, and she could definitely, if she wanted to, she could have her pick. Yeah. And she says, you know what? Um, despite the fact that it's been difficult and that mm-hmm. there are plenty of guys that want to, I'm actually, I'm not going to sleep with anyone until marriage. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah, big point. Oh, that's, there, there, there's something different about that. Jesus going to the cross was different than all the other criminals that went to the cross. Mm. Why? It wasn't just because he didn't deserve it. It's also because he could have called 10,000 angels and gotten off that cross. Yeah. But he decided not to. Mm. And so one of the the aspects of humility is having the capacity for danger, for power, for even the capacity to do something wrong with your power. Mm. But then reining that in, the self-control aspect of it, and so, um, you know, you, you, you could have a guy dressed in regular clothes opening the door for you at church. Okay. Cool. Mm. Okay. Nice. Awesome. You could have another guy dressed in regular clothes opening the door for you at church, but nobody knows that this dude just sold his company for a billion dollars. Mm. Well, what's he doing holding the door open? That's incredible. See, he has capacity. Uh, I see what you're saying. But he has capacity, but it's under control. Hmm. And so he's deciding to take the form of a servant. That's cool. That's, that's amazing. That's the imitation of God right there. Jesus was, was, you know, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, like the greatest being that ever exists. And he comes down and he becomes a servant, mm. a, a, like a, a slave to us. Yeah. That's incredible. What? It doesn't make any sense, man. And in the same way, you know, you got a guy that, that's a, a gentle giant, mm. right? Somebody that has the capacity. Mm. For, 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 for mayhem, for damage, for destruction. Somebody that's powerful, that has influence, that has money, that has this, that has that. But they decide, you know what, despite the fact that I have all that power, hmm. I'm going to rein it in and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve others in a humble way. What, what, what do you think about that concept? Mm. Can, 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 you, can you give me some insight on that? Yeah, no, I love that. I think 
Well, it speaks to your even character and how far like you've been willing to go to grow to that extent. You know what I mean? I think it's hard for somebody that's just, in a sense, to wrap it up is like somebody that allows their life to run them and they're just living a day by day kind of lifestyle. So their capacity is what's going on wrong in their life. Not for, you know what I mean? Versus if you look at someone like, say, David Goggins, for example, or somebody that's just kind of complacent. Okay, there's two different characters right there. But there's one person that's waking up every single day in a fight with themselves to build that capacity to work harder, to yes. push harder, yeah. to be able to do more. And yep. there's somebody else that's just complacent. Their life's okay. My life's fine. So I think that's where a big factor is, is somebody that has put in the work of growing, of learning, of getting uncomfortable, of looking themselves in the mirror and just being honest with oneself. Yeah. Of getting as low as you can possibly go to serve somebody and just humbling yourself in front of somebody and then just serving them. The biggest thing is anyone listening or anyone on this right now that is calls himself a Christian or whatever it is and says, I have faith or I'm interested in faith. Yeah. Own it. You're a servant. Yeah. You're a servant. I'm a servant. Period. Yeah. Own that. Now, where's pride and ego? Oh, I don't want to be a servant. You're a servant, buddy. So start <laughs> serving people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And swallow the pride and swallow the ego on that. And I think soon as we have that mentality of service, yeah. I think our capacity will naturally grow just with time and what we're giving back to other people. Great yes. question, though. I love yes. that. Yes, yes. I got a couple I, I, I got a couple of scriptures to read because I think they're so, so relevant to this. Number one, uh, in Romans 12, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, mm -hmm. but rather think with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. And then it Amen. talks about all the different gifts that God gives to people. You know, leadership, service, teaching, all that kind of stuff. So good. I love that idea because I think what we ought to do, similar to what it says in Luke 14, where Jesus says, if somebody invites you to a party, mm. sit in the lowest seat so that somebody else will say to you, hey, come sit higher, right? Come sit at the in the best seat <laughs> instead of getting invited to the party and assuming, oh, the best seat's for me. I'm going to go sit in the best seat. And then somebody greater than you comes along and they say, hey, would you mind sitting in the lower seat so this guy can sit in the higher seat? Ah, uh, I see what you mean. You understand what I mean? Crazy. So, so, so oftentimes what our flesh wants to do is overestimate our own capacity. Did you know that 65% of Americans believe themselves to be above average intelligence? <laughs> it's not 50% and we went around the world the way it is <laughs> it's 65% believe really? themselves to be smarter than the average person right really right yeah because we do have that tendency to overestimate our own capacity we do have the tendency to think that other people are stupider than they actually are and that we're smarter than we actually are and especially when I was younger man I was so guilty of this <laughs> I was like man I'm the smartest person around dude I just hadn't met the smart people yet yeah First of all, the people around me were a lot smarter than I, that, that, than I realized. You know, like my parents, for example, were a lot smarter than I realized. You mm. know, they're telling me to do stuff. I'm like, you guys don't know anything about the world. Uh, buddy, they know way more about the world than yeah. you do. So yeah. just relax. Second of all, <laughs> they just may not have the capacity to explain all of it all the time. Yeah. But they do know what they're talking about. Hmm. But, um, but my point was we have a tendency to overestimate ourselves. And so I think what, what Jesus is saying here is, hey, man, way better. In order to get an accurate judgment of who you are, which I think is what we're all aiming for, right? Mm. It's way better to err on the side of considering too, um, 
too little of yourself mm. than to err on the side of considering yourself too much. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand. Because we yeah, all have that tendency to overestimate ourselves. I ain't gonna, yeah. It's true. And I, I catch myself in that as well. But it's also, in a sense, I'll say, oftentimes people don't even know their own value. They don't. Facts. Yeah, that's because true. Because if you, if you come into a room, like I said before, the person that's most certain is going to look the most confident and is usually going to win whatever he's talking about or come out with a stronger point just because somebody else that's less certain that may actually have the right answer just won't speak up because he didn't know his own value. So then again, him thinking yeah. less of himself, you know what I mean, in a sense, if you put that in that situation. I, I, I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah. And then these questions are what we need to ask ourselves and for people listening as well. Ask yourself this question. You know exactly what you just said. Yeah. And yeah. do you know your value and what you bring to someone's life? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Um. <laughs> I see what you're saying with it, though. Like, yeah. Don't necessarily don't let pride, in a sense, take over. But put yourself less than, so you don't allow like a place in your heart for pride and ego, more right. or less. Are you right. saying right. in that service? Right. Which I would agree with. Totally, I man. Think that's something that helps with serving. Totally, man. And for both of us, and particularly me, wanted to become a, a pastor, but also both of us, you know, teaching each other and teaching yeah. the people that we're listening that that are listening to us, because that is what we're doing, right? Um, it's like in James chapter three: Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we are under a greater condemnation. Mm. So, like the second that you speak something out, all of a sudden you're held accountable to it. So you know, um, and and all throughout the Bible, hypocrisy is one of the worst sins, man, because mm. because. Uh, Jesus looks at the Pharisees. He's just like, you guys are all going to hell, by the way. Hmm. You know, unless, this is what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. So if you think you're all that and you're teaching others, yeah. but you're not actually following that stuff yourself, then you're lost. Yeah. And so one of the things that I really respect about guys like Jordan Peterson, for example, hmm. is the fact that he is very, 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 very careful what he says and how yeah, he says it. so true. And people ask him what he's scared of. And he's like, I'm scared of saying the wrong thing because of just how much influence I have. Yes. You know, because his so credibility could be lost so easily. And that's one of the reasons why, man, every time I get on this podcast, I'm like, please, Austin, don't say something stupid. Because yeah. all of a sudden, man, you can lose your credibility just like that. And you can be, and, and, and if I say something and then if I was to mess up and, for example, get caught doing something that I was telling other people not to do. Yeah. Man, what a shame that would be, not only to others, but to myself. I'd just be like, shoot, man. Yeah. That's why I get so angry at these pastors that, you know, cheat on their wives and stuff or yeah. get caught with doing whatever. I'm just like, man, I mean, I got grace towards anyone that messes up, but you taught other people not to do that. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And you called yourself a Christian, you held yourself to a higher standard. You were held to a greater condemnation, and then you messed up? Shoot, man, why'd you have to do that? Hmm. Because now what it does is it discourages those people that were thinking about becoming a Christian, yeah. but then they look at foolish people, hmm. foolish teachers, yeah. pastors that get up and they teach people to do one thing and then they don't do the same thing themselves, and then they go, man, these people are hypocrites. Yeah. And, and, and it's so. true in some yeah. of the cases. It could be us as well now that we have an influence on the podcast That's exactly and right. starting to expand. That's exactly right. It's watching our tongue and knowing that, yeah, we are human. And sometimes we hold strong opinions, but knowing where our hearts are coming from behind it. Because at the end of the day, 
people have already disagreed with some things we've said. People don't like yep. some things we have said. And that is awesome. But yep. that's what we wanted. And that's what we kind of seeked. Because now with them disagreeing, now they have to ask themselves a question on mm. why do I disagree? Mm, mm, mm. You have to get deeper on it. Because you can't just say I disagree with something and not dig down into yep. it. Yep. And yep. there is something with what we say so passionate about is because we spent so many hours listening to stuff and growing ourselves and reading yes. and knowing what it's like. But sometimes when a, a question gets asked to us, we get so fired up and passionate yeah. about it is because we're like, no, I've done, I understand what this is. I've, I've dived into this before. I understand the people that are acting in this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's a big thing is perspective yeah. at the end of the day for everyone listening as well. Well, I'll end off with two points. We point, love it. point number one, there was a guy a couple of years ago that I was speaking to. This guy had been kind of church hopping a little bit, like he'd been going to this church and that church and he, okay, it wasn't really yeah, yeah. consistent at one place, right? And I kind of pulled him aside. I said, look, man, hey, can I just encourage you? Um, I, I, Man, I would be so encouraged if, if you were there every week. Hmm. But then I made the stupid mistake of saying, look, man, every Bible study, I'm always there. Every, every youth group, I'm always there, you know? <laughs> and you always see me there. And, and I started talking about myself, bro. And I, I started using myself as the example. And you know what? I was doing the same thing in my sermons. And this dude pulled me aside a year later hmm. and sat me down. And I was like, look, man, can, can you give me some, some advice about, uh, you know, ways that I, I could be doing things better? And he said to me, dude, stop using yourself as the example. Wow. And I was like, shoot, man. And then he called back a year before that. He called back to that example. Wow. And he was like, dude, every time you give someone advice, you use things that you've done in the past as the example of, mm. uh, that other people should follow. And I'm just like... Oh my goodness. What a great call. You're up. right. What a great And this dude lesson. called me out and I was just like, you, he's like, dude, I would have taken that advice if you didn't set yourself up as the example to follow. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, shoot, man. That's so, good though. That's a good so lesson. So that's point number one is don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love that. And don't use yourself as the example. And then, and the point number two is this, um, I think there's tremendous value in being more interested in others than you're, yes. you are in yourself. Yes. And I think that's, that, that is actually to answer the question, how do, you, how do you control your ego? I think that's one of the ways that you're going to do it. C.S. Lewis said, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Mm. That's humility. Mm. And uh, I'll end off with this scripture because I think it's so good. Yeah. Um, this is uh, Philippians 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or out of vain conceit. Instead, in humility value others above yourselves hmm. not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, so the glory of God the Father. Hmm. 
It's the Amen. one who humbles himself the most hmm. that is the most exalted. Hmm. It's Jesus who came down and took the lowest form of a servant hmm. that at the end of it all, we will all be on our knees saying, holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Amen, bro. Oh, it's the, it's, it, it, it's the one that takes the lowest position that is exalted the highest. And the point of this is in order to do that, you're going to have to start becoming more interested in other people and in their lives and in their interests and in what they got going on than in talking about yourself. Boom. And with that, let's do something for everyone. Anyone listening to this right now, what's something we can do that can kind of help them to start serving others? I would say, uh, actually, for a podcast, I think back now, I said, text people that you don't normally talk to or reach yeah. out to them and see how they're doing. Yeah. Do the same thing. Let's do the same challenge again, everyone. One new person... To one to three new people per day that you reach out to that you haven't reached out to in a while and just say, how are you doing? How, mm. how can I mm. pray for you? Mm. Or, or do you want to grab coffee sometime? Yeah. I say, let's all do that for until next week and see how that goes. Let's just all serve. I Leave love it. and ego at the door. You got to do it before your head hits the pillow. Before your head hits the pillow, you got to send people. those three. Done. I love it. Boom. Takes five seconds. I love you, man. I love you too, brother. I'm glad to you, man. <laughs> Boom. Thank you, Lord. And God be the glory. Send your questions over to lostboysquestions at gmail.com. And we love you all. Shalom. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get. Right? <laughs>